You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, Earth Station One listeners, and welcome to another episode. Swing up up to the Earth Station One bar and let me pour you a drink, because tonight we're talking about the best shit we've ever drank. So it's awesome. It's just pretty amazing to, you know, talk about what we've drinking over the years, and it's just going to be a fun, rollicking episode. You never know what will come out of our mouths when alcohol is involved, and, you know... Some things we'll remember, some things we won't. We'll have to go back and listen to this episode at a later spot because we want to hear about, you know, what our favorite drinks were. And, you know, the man who is always having a Guinness or a margarita in his hand is Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. You ready to do a drink or not, or two? Yeah, I'm all, you know, I've, I've got, uh, I ate a little bit, so I've got some stuff in my stomach, which is nice. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly hydrated, so I'm ready to go, man. Let's let's open up the bar. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, the ESO bar, which is, you know, rarely open, so we have to blow some dust off this alcohol bottle. Yeah, I was thinking that. I noticed that. I went in there, and I'm like, wow, it's been a while since uh, we opened up the little, uh, the little lounge here area. So... You know, it's, you know, we got to, you know, use it more often. I keep on telling them, but JD is, you know, kind of stingy about dusting back here. So I think he saw a spider once or something. JD is about stingy about dusting anywhere. Oh, I was trying to give JD a little bit of credit, but (laughs) I guess that's not going to happen so much. But folks, we definitely would love to hear about what you like to drink. You know, write us, let us know what your favorite drinks are and, you know, Tell us, you know, what, you know, libations, you know, make you happy, what make you sad, what, you know, turns you off, turns you on, you know, what kind of drinks, you know, is a must have or must not have. We definitely would love to hear from you. Write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear what you have to say. Also, of course, you know, we want to thank everybody who's been listening to us. Our numbers have been going up. So thank you. Thank you for all the new listeners and all the old timers. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts and you know we also want to you know of course tell you if you haven't subscribed to the show yet you can always subscribe to us wherever fine podcasts are found our show is available iHeartRadio, stitcher spotify uh we're also up on apple we're also on amazon we're on google you name it we're pretty much up there so please Give us a listen and, you know, subscribe, leave us feedback, you know, all that kind of good stuff. We're not going to harp on it tonight because we got alcohol to talk about. So we've got to move through this real quick. And we also got some pretty other cool stuff to talk about. We'll get there in a moment. But, of course, wanted to say hi to our wonderful sponsor, Tofosi Optical. Tofosi Optical right now is having some pretty amazing sales on gamer glasses, on biking glasses, on exercise glasses, on sunglasses, of course. So you have all these different glasses you can get from Tofosi and Tofosi Optical. You can custom make your colors. You can pick whatever colors you want. You can get, you know, exercise glasses where you can actually pick the type of frames you want. You can actually pick for sunglasses, frames, and lenses. And if you have a prescription, 
Tifosi Optical will take care of you too. And Tifosi Optical wants to say thank you. And as a little way of saying thank you, you can get 10% off your order. Just not one pair of glasses, but your whole order. That's right. If you put Earth Station 1 into the coupon code, and people have been doing this, folks. So please, you know, go to TifosiOptics.com and tell us Earth Station 1 has sent you. And now we're joined by Michelle, the iconic rock blogger herself, is in studio, and we're going to be talking all about the class of 2021 for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Hey, Michelle. Hey. So what do we got? What do we got? We have a supersized extra bonus class of 2021. It's huge. It's huge. They almost let everybody in. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, they let they they have so many that they let people in who weren't even on the ballot. I was like looking at that and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Well, what have we got here? We have the first five names are names that everybody in the hall watching community, the bloggers, the media predicted almost down to a T, and they are Tina Turner, the Go Go's, Carol King, Jay Z, Foo Fighters. Okay. Sixth name. We have a little bit of a surprise. Some people gave him a shot. I'm a fan, and I didn't really give him a shot. It was Todd Rundgren. I w- I'm actually surprised by that one because Todd has come out in the past about being against being in the rock. He doesn't care. Well, that, that didn't stop the uh, yeah, Sex that's, Pistols. That's or, never stopped them. Yeah, no. that, doesn't, oh, that doesn't stop. Oh, them. I know, I know, but it's it's just funny that it's like. Why? So once again, the fan vote doesn't give a hoot, pretty much. Well, um, Tina led the fan vote. Tina led the fan vote. The Go Go's were they were like fourth or fifth or fourth. I'm so happy they were. They were fourth at the at the lowest. Right. Uh, Carol King, I think, was sixth. Um, Foo Fighters were. Well, Foo Fighters were a given. Come on, were up there. Yeah, they were a given. They were up third or fourth. So. But Jay-Z was all the way at the bottom. Very bottom. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but that's because of, you know. Politics. Well, it's. uh, Politics and people. A lot of fans that, if it's not guitar, bass, and drums, they. Oh, I know. And none of us here agree with that. And we're not in that camp. So I I think it's a very strong class. And, you know. It's an amazing class. Yeah. And, you know. It was it was awesome to see the Go Go's. I was thrilled to see the Go Go's. Yeah, they're the ones I'm happiest about. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. and their reactions have been fantastic all over yeah. social media. Yeah, and it's... it's just been awesome. And Tina Turner, I'm gonna be. I'm very happy to see. You know, she was already in, but that was with Ike, and yes. so that now, was. She a probably plus. won't show up. Oh, she will not. No, show she. Not but show. she's in her 80s now, she, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. I don't yeah, think they'll probably do much. like a they'll, they'll probably do like a Zoom thing or something maybe with her. I, I would hope. hope, and I have said this on Twitter and in my blog. I don't care if she doesn't come. I'm sure that we can get an all star lineup to pay tribute to her. I think she should be the last induction of the night. Oh really? I, I, I seriously do. I think it should be a night to celebrate the Queen of Rock and Roll. I doubt it'll shake out that way, but. Especially that's since she's like not going to gonna be there probably. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. But that's that's how strongly I feel about her place of, in things. I'm happy to see Carol King up there. You know, she's very well-deserving. You know, just along alone for her writing 
history, but even before mm-hmm. she started becoming a you know a singer and you know you know albums and such, it was just really amazing her career since the 1950s. Well, she was already in for that. Yeah, but with her ex-husband. Oh, of course, but it's the same thing with Tina, though. You know, mm-hmm. almost. And but it's it's great that you know she got in on her own merits for her her yes. own stuff. Absolutely. So it's it's pretty awesome. And then you know, I think you know there's a couple disappointments there, but there's always next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought the New York Dolls would get in again. We don't have any metal. Iron Maiden didn't get in. Um, no Dion Warwick. Mm. Um, Anyway, you slice it, there were going to be disappointments. Yeah, I think when we covered the nominees, though, I think we were pretty much all agreed that all of them were deserving. Mm-hmm. So you can only put so many in. And I mean, hey, uh, you know, um, three of these are women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, most of them are not dead. So, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's a good, you know, it's a, it's pretty, it's a pretty, it's a step up in terms of diversity, I think. Oh, I agree that I agree with Mikey and, you know, it's going to be a good concert and, you know, let's talk a little bit before we go any further though, let's talk about some of the honorable mentions or like the honorable people who got in also who weren't on the ballot. Uh, well, I wouldn't call them honorable mentions. They're inductees. Inductees. Um, Let's see. Uh, musical excellence. We have Randy Rhodes, Gu- guitar legend Randy Rhodes, not with Ozzy, all on his own. Randy Rhodes. We have Billy Preston, which is well of- deserving. He's been on the ballot for years. Craftworks. Uh, Pardon me. Wasn't Craftworks there? Craftworks um, has an early influence. I'm not yeah. sure Billy Preston's ever been nominated on his own. Right. Um, I thought was I, some... uh, Billy Preston has been nominated in the past because I remember him on the ballot a couple of times. Uh, it's it's been a while. It's oh, yeah. been if he has, it's been at least ten years. Um, he's somebody that was at several times called the Fifth Beatle. He played with the Stones. He had hits of his own. Um, I had advocated for him a couple times on social media. I was not expecting this at all. And then the. The third musical excellence uh, nominee was on the ballot, and that is LL Cool J. And there has been a little bit of blowback on this. These committee inductions, they are valid inductions, but the hall is kind of playing fast and loose with what these categories have traditionally meant. Um, So it is peculiar that LL Cool J is in his musical excellence, but He's in, and that clears the way to move forward, hopefully with uh, female hip-hop artists. Next year, we'll have Eminem, and um, we've got LL Cool J in where he should be as a pioneer of the genre. Very much so. Yep. And then the early influences category, which used to mean artists that predated rock and roll, the, the roughly 1953 the rock and roll era we have charlie Patton, uh considered the godfather of the memphis blues you've heard of robert johnson charlie Patton was a mentor to robert johnson wow uh, that's really early yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't get much earlier than that yeah, he, was, he was 1920s he died in 1934 and what the hall is saying early influence in terms of being the early influence on a genre 
subgenre of rock music. We have craft work for electronic music. Thank God. Yeah, so they um, finally come off the ballot every year. Yes. <laughs> yes, one of the biggest snubs is finally in. And also somebody I have written about and I'm just gobsmacked and thrilled, Gil Scott Heron. Um, sort of a jazz R&B artist, mostly jazz, but his uh, spoken word uh, records like The Revolution Will Not Be Televised and Whitey on the Moon, they influenced um, later hip-hop and socially conscious hip-hop hugely. And uh, I did not see this happening anytime soon, so this was a, a great surprise. And the final inductee was uh, the Ahmet Erdogan Award, which is for an industry professional, non-performer, that is Clarence Avant, sometimes called the Black Godfather or the Godfather of Black Music. He was an artist. He's still alive. He was an artist manager, uh, founder of two different record labels and a broadcasting uh, corporation. That's so, a lot. So that is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, exactly. And there is a uh, documentary on Netflix yes. ab about, um, you know, Emmett. So, so Clarence actually is that you could see and learn all about him. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting. I think in this day and age, it seems like, um, you know, someone makes a documentary someone and in the next year or so they're like <laughs> on the ballot or they're, <laughs> you know, they're of notice. It's almost like it's almost like people are going out of their way to make cases mm -hmm. for folks uh, yeah. so that they get recognized. Mm -hmm. uh, the Go-Go's had that wonderful documentary mm -hmm. uh, that aired uh, last year, which was great. Um, and that was that was pretty much a uh, blatant like case oh, for them to be very in. much so. Yeah, very, very much. But I can honestly say I don't see Sparks being on the ballot next year. <laughs> no, it might be a bit of a stretch. Although I do like that new single, and I didn't think I liked Sparks. I'm going to have to go back and kind of reacquaint myself. Oh, they are a bunch of characters. But it's. I think it's a great, great ballot, and I think it's going to be a great ceremony this year. I do, and too. It's, it's in Cleveland, right? Is in Cleveland. It's going to be a hybrid performance and pre-taped uh, event. Um, it will be taped delayed on HBO. They're not trying to go live this year, so that'll be very interesting. When is Tickets, the ceremony? Uh, the cere ceremony is actually October 30th. Tickets go on sale uh, in July. It will be held at, uh, I think it's Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland place where the Cavaliers play. Gotcha. Um, we're like, we're sports people like her. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> was that, was that where it's like, uh, was, was when we went there, is that where that was? Or was it at a different theater when we went? Well, for it's for years. It's been that? at public hall, oh, gotcha. um, but public hall is just not big enough. And they are, they are going into the arena size. Not, not big enough. Venue yeah. yeah. Certainly not big enough for the go-go's. Yeah. On. Come on. Um, so I am not sure. I don't think they've announced a date that it will air on HBO. Is there any disappointments that, you know, your, you know, wish would have been in there that was on the. Um, I'm mildly disappointed that Iron Maiden didn't get in. I don't know what it's going to take to, to break metal on through there. Um, but overall, I'm very happy. I hope um, Dionne Warwick's on the ballot next year. Um, I was actually overall, surprised that uh, Fela Kuti 
didn't get in. Yes, and the entire continent of Africa is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they voted. They voted. <laughs> they all voted, vote. and they are. They voted a lot. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, just a, even as an influencer, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it it could have easily gone that he would have gone into early influence. So yeah. Maybe exactly. next year. Maybe next year. This is a, it does seem like, I mean, they, they've done it, I think, a few times in the past, For correct me if I'm wrong, but this seems like a blatant, like, workaround in terms of, all right, so we've got the people that uh, are going to be in, quote, the regular class, and then people can vote on those or whatever, and then now we're going to slip in a bunch of people that deservedly should get in, but also um, we don't have to go through that whole, like, public voting process we'll just you know i mean randy rhodes i think is one of the biggest surprises to me and i'm not saying that he shouldn't get in um i mean metal is kind of represented in him in this in this yeah. list oh, yeah. um it's not enough but um uh but you know and and randy like randy was really awesome and uh i i'm glad to see his name there um and i know that folks like ozzy osborne are really happy about that too so uh it's great for his legacy um, but, um, it does seem kind of weird that they've gone out of their way. Like, cause I think usually it's just been like one or two in these, ca- these outside categories, mm-hmm. but this yeah. is like, you know, seven, like more than the class itself. <laughs> like it's bigger than the yeah. class itself. Yeah. The, the hall has been loath to define their categories. They've been loath to define the criteria for being inducted. So they play it kind of fast and loose and the upshot of it is is that LL Cool J was the headlines in the media were that LL Cool J gets the consolation prize. Ooh. So the, the hall has um, wow. I think it was the New York Times said that. Um, so the hall has sh- kind of shot themselves in the foot. They want to present this as an honor, and by using it the way that they have, they've they've cheapened their own um, brand as far as that goes. Now, is this, is this the result? Is this the first class that's getting in with the new management at the hall or Uh, is this? Yes. Okay. So do you see any sort of reflection on that? Is this all his doing or do you think it's coming from somewhere else? No, I think this is John Sykes in large part. He, from the day he came in, he said he wanted diversity uh, I understand he told the nominating and committee and the voters that he did not want the show dog to um, the show tail to wag the dog on this, um, which I am thrilled to hear. Um, he said to nominate people for their merits and not worry about how they play on HBO. So uh, I think the John Sykes era is off to a very good start and I'm looking forward to what else happens but we do kind of need to i think tighten up our definitions and and make it clear you know what gets you inducted in what category so people understand this yeah that makes sense it's it's uh, sort of ironic that he would you know say that uh you know it doesn't matter because this class, I mean, more than I think uh, the last three or four have, is like probably the most like the best class to get in as far as a HBO 
uh, viewership, uh, people wanting to go check out this concert. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, the Go-Go's, you've got, uh, and, and, you know, Tina won't perform, obviously she won't even be there, but the Go-Go's will reunite and be there. Uh, Jay-Z, if he's there, the Foo Fighters will be there. Todd probably won't. Um, but, uh, and then, I don't know, you think they'll do like a tribute to Carol King or... I think Carol will show up and play. Oh, she'll okay. be there. Yeah, she still that's plays. Cool. She. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Oh yeah, good for her. Good for her. And then plus you, you know, slap a little tribute to Randy and Billy, and then L Cool J. Maybe I don't know if he performs. You know, that's 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 quite a night. You know. Oh, he could definitely. Oh yeah, most definitely. As long as he wears that hat, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they could they could combine it too. L Cool J could come on and like you know maybe play some Todd Rundgren songs. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow, Mikey. Yeah. Oh, 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 I don't know about that. I think, though, like, look, they, in all seriousness, no, this, no, I think one of the most special things about the Rock Hall ceremonies is the jams at the end. And I've missed the big jam. I wouldn't look for a jam ever again, quite frankly. And I'm, and I'm, and I, I that's sad because you think about all the special moments, especially, you know, mm-hmm. being the, like the Prince one that was yes. just re edited so that it looks beautiful. If you haven't checked that out, you think you've seen the Prince clip? Uh, go check out the new restored version of it that they've just released. Um, it's, it's even more amazing. But like stuff like that, you know, seeing all these artists like combine and play together, I like, I love that. And it, it's, it's a sense of community. Uh, and also makes it kind of special, something that you wouldn't see normally. And I, mm-hmm. I would love to see, you know, a jam at the end of a few songs. But well, just know. the house band that they have for the concert mm-hmm. is just the who's who of rock yeah. and roll most of the time. Sure, sure. You get come people, yeah, some people who are already in kind of sit in or whatever. Like it just, it would be great. I, I would love to see something like that. But you know, I mean, if it. If, as you say, if those days are done and those days are done and that's sad, but, um, you know, when we, when we went into the rock hall and we saw that, that movie that they put together of clips of past ceremonies and everything, like the highlights were all the jam sessions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some of them have been just spectacular and it's, you know, if you get a chance, folks, definitely check it out. So I think we've, you know, got some Good stuff to look forward to with in October when we see mm-hmm. this concert. So yeah. any predictions for next year now? Who do you think is going to be on the ballot? Well, the big question right now, sorry, Mike, but the big question right now is who's going to induct all these folks? Like, so that's, the, that's, 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 so we'll get to see like, you know, who, who comes out and uh, inducts them. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Like, so the, the, the voting now, is it going to go back to the way it was in terms of when they're doing it? Or are they sticking to this new schedule? This, this where, is the schedule. So, okay, so the, the nominees won't be announced until... December. December. Then of the year. Okay, gotcha. For next year. Yeah. And, um, and uh, yeah, I'm, are there already speculations as to what that might look like? Eminem. Uh, I see. Oh, because who's el- eligible, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Eminem is eligible. Yeah. Eminem, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I don't know what... Oh, what they're yeah. doing yeah he'll skate in um not sure duran duran might be on there i would i'd be shocked if duran duran's not yeah probably dave they're matthews. already eligible right dave matthews probably will be back on it this next year man i would love to see pat benatar both of those got yeah. really great um you know fan votes last year and were really ignored by the the hall so mm-hmm. i think they deserve a second shot to be sure maybe the monkeys maybe maybe yeah in the in this new era you never know 
Yeah, because because yeah, the old guy who said they would never he would never get in, like he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's get him in while there's still some of them alive. Exactly, and you know, especially because this year is the final tour with for the monkeys. Yeah, the so, quote unquote final. Like I, I don't know for the final tour time. this time. Yeah. <laughs> the concerts, the concerts, the final tour thing is always like you know, thanks Eagles for ruining that. And, yeah. and kiss, you know, like they've been on their final tours for like <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> so, uh, but all in all, happy with the list? Happy with this list? Very, very, very happy. Awesome. All good. All so good. definitely let us know what you guys thought. Are you happy with this list? Write us feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you. And of course, I'm sure Michelle will be talking about it more on your blog, right? Working so. on a post now. Awesome. And where can you find your blog? Well, at the ESONetwork.com and at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. Yay! Let's take a quick break, and we're going to be talking about the best we've ever drinking. What is the Soul Forge podcast? Join Sean and his guests as they talk about sex, geekiness, witchcraft, Star Trek, awkward dates, poetry, life, the universe, and everything else. Interviews have included writers, atheists, a rap star from Australia, a reality TV star, and a sex goddess from San Diego. If you have a story to share or just want to listen to one, check out the Soul Forge podcast. The Soul Forge. Let's find out together. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. And now we are here for the best shit we've ever drank. And, you know... It's going to be a good one. It's going to be an interesting episode, to say the least. We've done this with food, but this is the first time we're doing it with libations, as my friends yeah, we, like we, to we, say. We have uh, we have eaten a lot of shit, but it's time to wash it down with something. <laughs> oh, exactly. We got to get, get get this taste out of our mouth, as we like to say. So, so take it away, Mikey. We got some good people with us tonight. We do. We do. We got a couple people stepping up to the bar, including our good old friend Darren. Darren. Aaron, welcome back to the station, sir. This is the station bar lounge. I don't know if you've been to this part of the town before. I'll have another. <laughs> he's well, he's just coming from the. One. He's still coming from the. Ra- one more. It'll be fine. He's coming from the rainbow <laughs> room here on the station, and uh, looks like he's already had a few. He's already started with that. Well, I'm, I'm, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. There we are. Now we're here. Excellent. Excellent. We also have with us a new friend. Melissa is joining us. Melissa, welcome to the station. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, uh, we'll start with you, Melissa. Like, um, how uh, partial are you to, like, you know, are, do you, there, there are foodies out there. I don't know. What's the, what's the term? Drinkies? Like, I don't like Alcoholics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The people who failed the 12-step program. Come on. <laughs> we, we are, we are, we are going to call a spade a spade, right? We're not, <laughs> not going to mince words here, right? 
That's nope. right. <laughs> <laughs> so do yes. you find yourself, uh, you know, uh, imbibing uh, quite a bit and, and, and enjoying that? Uh, yeah, probably too much. Um, <laughs> I love, um, I love my wine and my bourbon and yeah, I know it's, uh, I'm Sicilian. So, you know, it's in my blood. We, we drink a lot of wine. <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Uh, and Darren, I don't even know that. I, I'm a girly drink drunk. So, That's what I do. Uh, uh, and, and Mike, we, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show. Like what, um, what, uh, you know, what, how do you stand in terms of like, you know, do you like to try new drinks or, I'm an experimental drinker, as I like to say. We go to wineries. We do, you know, go to distilleries and try new, you know, bourbons and try new, you know, new concoctions. When we go to a restaurant, we say, oh, that looks fun on the menu and just point at it because we can't even pronounce what it's called half the time. <laughs> or, if we're, or if we're too drunk, we just go, give me one of those over there. <laughs> so it just all depends. And, you know, living in Seattle for 15 years – you know, I became a huge beer snob, you know, and, you know, with all the microbreweries up there in the Pacific Northwest. And so it it was pretty awesome, you know, that we got to try that and we got to explore. So it's always neat to try new things. And that was the great thing about in Seattle at the time when I was living there, there were microbreweries popping up on every other corner. In the other corner was Starbucks. So, you know, we just had to... <laughs> You know, we just had to, you know, either coffee or beer. So it, it was <laughs> Starbucks bar, Starbucks bar, exactly, Starbucks exactly, bar. Exactly. You know, so it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Starbucks bar, repeat. Exactly. Um, the endless loop of Seattle. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I enjoy uh, a good drink uh, just as uh, probably with anybody. I'm not, you know, I, I, with the as with the food, as people have found out when we listen to this, like, I'm not like really, really fancy. I'm not like a foodie. I'm not like, you know. I don't mind trying uh, new stuff, but uh, I, I'm pretty basic when it comes to uh, stuff that I like, and 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 more over like it, you know, the the food itself, the drink itself is one thing, but the experience, usually like the memory that I have. So sometimes it could be the most basic thing that I eat or drink or whatever, but because it's got a good story behind it, or because it came at the right moment, it's special to me, and it's the favorite that I, you know, that I always, uh, and it carries with me that those memories. Uh, and I ran into a few of those uh, thinking of this topic. So we're going to we're going to get right through it to it. Uh, the first round, the first round uh, is uh, is on Mike Faber. Actually, all rounds are on Faber. Okay. Um, yeah. put, it on, put it on my tab. What the hell? <laughs> it's an open bar here on the uh, Earth Station One lounge. Um, uh, so um, let's start with uh, let's beer, you know, and then we'll have uh, some chasers afterwards. Uh, Melissa, what uh, what's the best uh, beer you ever drank? So the best beer I've ever had was Estrella Dam. Um, it, it's from Spain. And uh, according to the server at the restaurant, uh, it was uh, created because the the owner had a wife that didn't like beer. And so he wanted her to in, intake. And so he created a beer that could be paired with food, just like a wine would be paired with food. And it was you know higher in alcohol percentage and actually comes in a really cool looking bottle it looks like a wine bottle and it's very light um and it is delicious and yeah that is my favorite one i've had ah what is, yeah what is it is it is it light is it dark what is it what what uh, what's the, what's the kind of what kind of beer is it 
Yeah, it's definitely um, a lighter beer. And I know they've made several variations of it now. There's different, you know, varietals of it. But the one I had, and this was probably, you know, 15 years ago, um, this little boutique restaurant in Carmel. And it was, you know, recommended by the server. Uh, it was just delicious. It was very crisp. And it did really pair well with food. And I remember we had it with, like, these goat cheese bacon wrap dates. And it, it was amazing. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. cheese bacon wrap day. <laughs> oh. You don't usually think of beer and cheese, but you know. Right. <laughs> um, uh, Darren, what about you? Well, I, I'm not a big beer fan. I have to be honest here. So I'm, really? I'm going to veer. I'm not. I'm, I'm. I had a bad experience when I was a kid on a hunting trip. Like, here, kid, drink this. And of course, it was <laughs> PBR or something like that. Sure. So that that kind of traumatic experience kind of put me off beer period for a long long time um so i more go for uh cider or mm. a mead that that's my um go-to for that kind of a fizzy alcoholic um thing so and i'm i'm really basic on this i go and i hit strongbow mm. for my cider because mm-hmm. i don't think there's <laughs> nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with a, a reasonably priced six pack that gets the job done and it will <laughs> And uh, mead, there's a mead that uh, Trader Joe's carries that's called Chaucer's that I like. And it's sometimes in season, sometimes not. Hmm. So usually spring, summer is when they have it in stock. And it's it's only, I think, $9 a bottle or so. That's not bad. Maybe that's nine, not terrible. $12 a bottle. It's not bad at all for mead. So, And that's it's they call it honeyed wine. But I kind of put it more in the beer category because it's got that fizz to it. And wine, to me, doesn't fizz yeah. you know, when you pour it <laughs> I out. wasn't quite sure so where like, to put yeah, because I was thinking about mead when I was looking at these topics. Not that I, when any of them would have made my list, unfortunately, because uh, I'm not yeah. a mead. I found out last summer I'm not a mead guy. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, they can be really sweet, you know. Right. That, that's the problem with, with mead is it's too sweet for a lot of people. But for me, like beer, like the IPAs are too bitter. It's like there needs to be something like in the middle there where it's like. No, this is just alcohol, and it tastes good. Please, yeah, that's all. My uh, my very limited uh, experience with mead, uh, I would have to say that uh, you know I'll put Dragon's Nectar up there. You know uh, that uh, that that I had last year for Dragon Con. That was the official mead, I guess, of Dragon Con. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll give them a little plug that way. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? What's uh, what's your first round? Oh, see, this is tough for me because there's a couple different types of beer I like. I'm always partial to a good ale, and you can never really go wrong with, like, you know, my first introduction to microbrews was Pete's Wicked Ale years and years ago, and fell in love with it, and it was like, why am I drinking this Budweiser or Coors crap? You know, this is just awesome. <laughs> Thank you. know, you. <laughs> this is, it's just amazing. And then, you know, so they discovered, like, Guinness Stout and, you know, all these different things. But, you know, I'm more partial to a darker beer than... Uh, like a, you know, IPA or, you know, one of those things that I just go, eh, get away from me, you know. A beer you can drink with a spoon. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like a beer I can have for dessert. Yeah, and exactly. there was this microbrewery up in the Pacific Northwest. They started in Portland. They were called McMenamins. And they, you know, spread out slowly through the Portland area. They even took an old insane asylum. And turned it into a bed and breakfast and a movie theater. And it was awesome. It is awesome. (laughs) And um, slowly they moved up to Seattle and stuff, but I discovered them in Portland. And they had this beer there. It's a stout, but it's called the Terminator Stout. 
it's like double the thickness of a Guinness. And it is just truly wow. an amazing beer. I And I have a high tolerance to alcohol. And this... The, <laughs> do you? Oh, I do. And, <laughs> and, and it basically... Wow. The, I, I, I'm hearing a challenge there. No, right? no, a no. I guess we'll find challenge out at the end of this episode. Right? We'll, we'll, I'll tell you a story about that later with Darren. But, um, but it's, you know, Darren laughs evilly because he knows where it's going to go. But, but it was, it's just an amazing, amazing beer that, you know, that's like having a meal to me is like drinking two of these. And that's it's just that's how thick and heavy it is, but it's it's just awesome and it's fun. It's a good hangout beer because you're sitting around talking to friends or playing darts or something at a pub, and you're drinking the beer and you know just hanging. And it's not it's not it's something you'll be on your back if you guzzle it. And you know, so no, don't do that, folks. <laughs> so I don't I don't recommend it. But McMenamins is just amazing. <laughs> um you know i it's weird because beer is not my first choice either um and but i've had a lot of it um especially in college i hadn't had i didn't i don't think i ever drank any beer before college um and uh, i was trying to think of the name of the first beer that i ever had um in college someone handed me a bottle it was a green big huge bottle and i think it was called Heffenheffer? Is that does that sound right to anybody? Um, but anyway, sure it wasn't Jägermeister. <laughs> no, uh, Jäger, no, no Jägermeister <laughs> tastes like licorice, dude. Come yeah, on. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, no, it wasn't Jägermeister. It's a green bottle. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Uh, I, it, I, I drink too much uh, Jägermeister. I start singing karaoke. Come on. <laughs> even no, I don't even know what Jägermeister is. It's not like a beer. It's not a, it's not a whiskey. It's not. A, I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's just it's just Hagermeister, right? It's pain in a bottle. It's called um, a bad hangover. Yeah, very bad hangover. And and then in most of my college days, it was really just like you know, drink the cheapest whatever was on tap beer you could. And uh, so yeah, I uh, drank college, a lot yeah. of like I drank a lot of light beer. Drank a lot of there's a brand I don't know if it's nationwide or if it's just in the New England area, but it's the cheapest beer you can get. It's called Peels. And it's, 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 it's swill. It really is. But, but that's what, that's what we lived on. Gee, Mike, then. tell us what you really think of it. So it wasn't. There, when you're in college. There, you do a there lot goes another advertiser there. right out of the market. <laughs> I don't think you want Peels as a, uh, as a sponsor. Um, do, I don't, whoever wants I don't, to sponsor Earth Station One, I'd be very happy to take that. <laughs> Emphasis on cheap beer. I don't think they could afford to be a sponsor of ours. <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Um, well, I wouldn't say that. No. <laughs> uh, um, so it wasn't until much later in my college years that I sort of developed the taste for beer and by that time i was going more towards uh, canadian beer uh, labatt's was my favorite at the time um and but one thing i i liked i i leaned more towards lighter beers um i did not like darker beers whatsoever um uh, beers like guinness were just right out um <laughs> and then fast forward to about uh or yeah 15 years ago actually that's more of a rewind i guess um uh, i was on i was with some buddies we were in dublin uh, they wanted to take a tour of the Guinness plant. And I was like, okay, let's do that. 
Um, I wasn't terribly excited. After the end of the tour, they give you free, you know, free Guinness. Uh, they pour some pints for you. And uh, I fully expected to get my pint, take a sip at it and go, bleh, and uh, hand it to one of my buddies. Um, but I'll be damned if that was not the best beer I've ever had in my entire life. Apparently, basically, basically the skies opened and you know, the light came down on my. I, I don't know if I don't know if it was the moment, or I don't know if uh, my taste had changed. Because sometimes, you know, as you get older, the taste buds, whatever, or if it just had not been poured properly. Because with Guinness, it's all about how it's poured. Uh, there's nothing that beats a perfectly poured pint, uh, as far as Guinness goes, and. Um, because Guinness by the can, Guinness by the bottle, not, is not the same to me. Mm. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I've since then, when I've come back to the States, I've ordered Guinness and that's, it's usually hit or miss. Sometimes it's okay. And sometimes they, they know what they're doing. Uh, usually if you go to a nice Irish pub, uh, they know what they do, they're doing and they know how to pour it. So from my mind, it is a perfectly poured pint of Guinness is the best beer I've ever had. And, and if you can go to the source uh, in Dublin, I, I definitely recommend doing so because uh, they know how to pour it and they know how to make it. It's just, and it's, I guess it's fresh. <laughs> Maybe by the time it gets over here, it stales a little bit. I don't know. Fresh beer. That's <laughs> I, I worked at Renfair for a couple of seasons, and one of those seasons I did pub duty. Mm. And so by the end of the day, my boots were just drenched in heart <laughs> and ice and guinness and i forget the other one but it was the it was the one when you make black and tans with not the black and red um and yeah so i have a guinness once in a while usually around saint patty's day but that experience yeah i've had enough guinness in my life i had to throw those boots out <laughs> i'm sure yeah that's a... and it is hard to pour guinness correctly <laughs> it is yes very hard. yeah it really is so, Props to all the bartenders out there who are doing Especially it. Especially the ones who do the that, little designs. In I was going to say the ones that put a little shamrock on it or a little heart I know, or right? I mean, that's just, you know, you've got a skilled bartender. Uh, that, that's artist. Yeah, they'll, get an extra, they'll get an extra tip from me. Absolutely. Cool. Totally. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, like, oh, they made it special for me. <laughs> Yay. Any more thoughts on beer? Uh, on I, can, I can't be anywhere near like uh beer you know a brewery or something like that because i cannot stand the smell of the fermenting mm -hmm. beer and everything yep. mm -hmm. one of the dot coms i worked at in like 1999 2000 was in the front of a microbrewery our offices were connected to the same building so all throughout the week they invited us over for tastings on every friday of course but yeah but on <laughs> during the week when they're they were brewing oh the stink of like the yeast so and everything Oh God, it's it's just miserable. I almost you know went sober because of that. Almost, almost. <laughs> yeah, I, I worked in a hotel um, that we had our own brewery, and so in the back hallways where we would you know, clock in and go to our break room when they were brewing, it, the whole place just smelled like hops, and it was like you wanted to gag. It smelled so mm -hmm. bad. Oh yeah, it's just it's really terrible. Bad. And you know, but there's you know there's tons of honorable mentions and everything and our friends actually on uh you know what's it sherry and rick who do mm -hmm. epic disaster they re review a different beer each week and it's pretty awesome to Ooh, hear that, uh, that when we were when we joined them for halloween that haunted house beer was very guinness like it was really good yeah it was it was a really tasty brew so yeah it was cool. yeah 
So did it steal your soul? Um, probably. No, Judy owns my soul. You know I, that. Oh yeah. I don't know how much of it's left, Forgot. but maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's. Uh, I guess um, class up a bit. Class up the joint a bit, and we'll switch to uh, wine. Oh. Uh, also, uh, also champagne. Uh, you know, fits in here as well. Uh, that's. I'm not going to get into the wine debate. You know, the champagne. Anything would, in a bottle. Exactly right. Time. Like if it's is it champagne? If it's not from France, you know, I'm not going to. Whatever. So um, anyway, uh, Darren, we'll start with you. What is the best wine you've ever had? Uh, I am really good with Apothic Reds Merlot. I mean, I, I that's a nice. Again, budget-friendly bottle of wine that gets the job done, and it tastes good. It doesn't have that kind of metallic-y taste a lot of those supermarket wines can have at the end of it, because um, I find that that puts a lot of people off of wine. That not-too-vinegary kind of a, a bite to it, it's just a very good fruity wine, and it works for almost anything. I know wine people will say, no, don't have red wine with fish. It works with almost anything, because it's it's just a good is something to drink. My my runner up has got to be a really well made sangria, mm. because that's almost like fruit punch. Oh, you've mm-hmm. you've got to try Judy's. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, Judy's mm. is pretty good. Yeah, Judy's gonna make me brisket with sangria one day, Ooh. and I'm just gonna roll over there, yeah. and I'm just never gonna leave. So that's the way it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> brisket and sangria. Wow. Brisket and sangria. <laughs> the weirdest cedar ever. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's that's my go-to. Nice, nice. Uh, Melissa, what about you? Yeah, this was a hard one for me. I I drank a lot of wine. I grew up in the wine business. My dad's a sommelier, and I worked in the restaurants my whole life and bartended. And so, wine is I have so 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 many. But to narrow it down, one of the best ones I've ever had is Silver Oak, um, Alexander Valley. It's a Cabernet and. Um, my my boyfriend's one of his clients uh every year on our when they would work together he would give us a couple bottles and it's, it's very expensive it's not something i buy for myself often but um it's a nice treat for you know special occasion and it's just it's really world class famous and so maybe there's part of that's just the mystique behind it as well but um yeah it's a really really good wine um champagne wise i love uh sofia which is made by sofia capola and it's uh, it's got this really light pink color. Um, even though it's not a rosé, it does have sort of like a pink tint to it. And um, lighter on the bubbles. You know how some of the cheaper champagnes can have like extra carbonation. And, it's all bubble. Yeah, it's all bubble. <laughs> With a hint of grape. Right. <laughs> Here's a straw. Um, but yeah, no, this one's just, it's like perfect and it, it goes with anything. And I agree with you. You can have red wine with fish if if it's the right red wine um i think there those rules actually have been starting to blur as far as like what you compare you know wine and and food with but yeah, yeah. i think a lot of people get scared in a restaurant they're going to order the wrong right <laughs> wine or they and of course you know you always ask for recommendations from the waiters mm-hmm. and and waitresses because they know you know what yeah. goes with what because typically they're tasting the stuff they they're they're in that position. They're the customer service <laughs> rep. Wearing it. Ask them. You know? It depends on I what mean, restaurant you're in, though. I, yeah, I went true. to one I really mean, fancy one for my 40th, and uh, the guy was, like, trying to sell it? me a $5,000 magnet. No. I'm like, no. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> and, and I would say, just to cover that, what what is in your, like, uh, 
five to ten dollar glass range, you know, or or yeah, whatever you're yeah, comfortable with. Exactly. Give them the budget so that they and know. They'll look at you and go. They'll look at you and go. Basically, oh, you can have some of the five buck chuck. You know, it's fine. Right. You can go to Target. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Water. Yeah. Would you like it with bubbles or without? Right. <laughs> totally. We have this very vintage Coca Cola for you. Okay, <laughs> The house wine of the South. Exactly. <laughs> Pop. Uh, ah, get out. Get out. <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? Um, there was this great winery outside of Seattle, up in Woodenville. It's called uh, Chateau Saint-Michel. And mm-hmm. um, they used to have concerts there. So we used to go to the winery quite a bit. And they had a really good uh, Cabernet Savavon, is that how you pronounce it? Cabernet. Yeah, Cabernet. Or yeah, and yeah. it's it's just <laughs> awesome, and it's very. It's not. I don't like really dry wines, but I don't like Manischewitz sweet either. So you know, that's the wine of my people. Yeah. You know, or or Riesling, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because right? that's like, you know, that's dessert it's, wine. Well, over exactly. There with you. And you know, so I like a good medium. And the Cabernet that they have is a nice, like, it's almost like a oaky taste to it, mm. which is really nice because you could taste the barrel, like the oak from mm-hmm. the barrel. And it has like a nice aftertaste that sits in your mouth a little bit after you take a sip. And it's it's just great, like with a steak or chicken. And it's just really, mm-hmm. it's really, really nice. And it's a great dinner wine. Cool. I, um... Man, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know anything when it comes to wine. Uh, it is the one, like it, it is not the one because there's so many. But uh, as far as like, yeah, just things I just have never been able to get into, grasp, understand. It's wine, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, so my experience with wine has been limited. I couldn't even like this was the hardest category for me because I was just like I don't. Uh, so that's why I sort of pivoted to more of a story. Uh, kind of experience because um, when I was uh, an intern um, at the British Film Institute in London, it was 1989, I believe was the year, uh, my birthday week, uh, uh, November, yeah, my birthday week was the same, I turned 21 that the day that the Berlin Wall came down. Ooh. And uh, we had uh, an Italian uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so weird. We had an Italian exchange student uh, were living with us in our flat as well. And in order to celebrate, he uh, went out and bought some champagne. And he came back with um, uh, some, uh, per- uh, forgive me, because I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Um, freshen it? Is that right? Uh, cord- uh, Frigione. Frigione. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Cordon Negro um, and uh, the Black Bottle. And um, it was perfect. Uh, it was perfect. And every time, like, so for a lot of times, uh, if I need a champagne for uh, New Year's Eve or some sort of occasion or whatever, that's my go-to uh, because it's just in my head is that's the, that's the champagne that we use. Uh, that's, that's, and I like it. I, I like it. It's not, um, it's not too dry. I do not like dry because uh, dry wine will give me a headache bigger, faster than <laughs> anything that I can think of. Um, and, uh, so I think I stick with, is it, is it brutes that are, that are not dry? Is that a little right? more fruity. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, but I do, 
I did actually purchase probably the most expensive bottle of wine and champagne, sorry, that I, I have ever uh, purchased. And that was last year. I purchased a, uh, a uh, bottle of Bollinger. And because Ooh. every year um, or every time that there's a new James Bond film that comes out, Bollinger puts out a special James Bond release bottle. So I have that. Uh, um, I have I purchased that last last year. And it is sitting in my kitchen waiting for me to be opened in a celebratory way, probably when I get employed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so I have that to look forward to. So I, I, I hear Bollinger's pretty good. Obviously, I got it for more of the geek uh, element to it. Yeah. But um, it's it, Mikey, it's right above that Boone's farm. It it didn't come in a box, so (laughs) it didn't come in one of those juice box things. There is nothing wrong with an adult juice box. (laughs) (laughs) Needs must. Okay. Is there a particular like box wine that is is good for you? You know, is there or is it just is that all like ridiculous? Well, it's getting kind of trendy now, actually, because you know you have the old ones that are like Franzia and stuff, but now there's these new companies that are doing these trendy packaging you know, cans and boxes. And, mm-hmm. and so I think it's making like this resurgence. Oh yeah. I've seen, you know, people at like concerts and stuff have like juice boxes, but they're wine and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to walk around and you can't really spill it no matter how drunk you get, you know, <laughs> that's, a good point. Yeah, so, that's a good point. And you know, who wants to ruin a good glass of wine by dropping it or <laughs> spilling it, True. especially it- how expensive it is. <laughs> But aren't you you're drinking it through a straw, right? So, <laughs> okay. I just... But if you're walking around with an open glass at a concert, oh, well, that's yeah, a, that's, yeah, that's bounce really quickly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go, cool. Don't go to the mosh pit with a glass of wine. That's what I always say. <laughs> Plus, those juice boxes Bastard. do prevent people from doctoring your drink. That's so, true. Hey, no roofies yeah. for you. That's a thing. That's a good point. No roofies, <laughs> unless they have a syringe, maybe. Uh, oh, oh, well, at that point, <laughs> you're fighting Dexter. <laughs> You wake up and you're know, wrapped in plastic or something. I say, don't don't waste your drugs on me. I'll probably say yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, All right. So before we step away from the wine bar, is there any other thoughts on wine? Uh, <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty awesome because a lot of different regions in the country now, in the United States and Canada, have all these different smaller wineries popping up and it's great to drink locally. Some of the qualities, not as rich as other areas. I remember for years it was either, you know, France or California. And now, you know, North Georgia has wineries coming out the wazoo and, you know, Tennessee or, you know, going up into the Northeast. And, you know, it's, it's just amazing, but it's funny because a lot of the wines though, the, like the grapes that they get are not locally grown. They import them, but they brew, make them in the different, you know, local wineries and everything. So it's pretty interesting yeah. when you get into that. But I, I, you know, I couldn't help but notice that like, okay, so Stephen Amell opened his own winery uh, recently, uh, you know, and, I'm thinking, okay, if Chris Jericho's got a champagne, then uh, <laughs> then I think we might we're getting to the point where it's like it's almost like IPAs, you know, like, oh, like <laughs> kind, it kind of is. Or as they, you know, said in Schitt's Creek, basically, oh, how quaint fruit wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Melissa, in particular, because I, I, yeah, uh, you being the, uh, we'll say expert here, um, is there any uh, <laughs> advice you would give to people who are, are like, you know, who can't, like me, who can't grasp the, the ideas of wine? Is it really as complicated as that? Or is it, is it in my own head? Um, it's a little of both. I mean, I think if you want to just enjoy wine, it doesn't need to be complicated. I mean, if you're trying to serve it or sell it, yeah, it can get really complicated when you start looking into different uh, regions and types and, you know, years and things like that. Um, you know, that's why like being a sommelier, it's really hard to get to that level because of all the information you have to learn. But if you just want to just enjoy wine, I don't think it's difficult at all. I would suggest, just, you know, going into, depending on your budget, but, you know, going into your Trader Joe's or your local market and just trying a bunch, like have a wine tasting night where you, you know, get one of each and, um, and just try them out. And then you can actually just try to think like, oh, what does this taste like? What does this remind me of? And write that down and, and make it a game and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And, and you might discover a wine that you love and ones that you don't like. And that's just the, the best way to do it is to drink. Well, exactly. <laughs> now, now that we can like have parties again, you know, for those right. of us who are fully vaxxed, mm-hmm. go grab some wine, go grab some cheeses, go grab some crackers. Yep. Invite four or five people over. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's and, and watch some movies and have a great exactly. night. Exactly. You know, and it's pretty cool because I don't know in California if you guys have Total Wine and More, which is mm-hmm. an amazing, amazing chain here in on the Northeast. Um, and it, actually, there there's a couple down in Georgia. There's one not that far from you, Darren. So, and it, <laughs> I, I know I, I know, know you don't go out, but you know. <laughs> But it's it's amazing. The they just have aisles and aisles of wines from all over the world, and it's just like, oh, I'll try one of those, or one of those, and one of those, you know. And the people and the people there are knowledgeable, which is great. You know, and it's not like everyone who thought they were an expert after watching Sideways, you know. Bob's burgers. Exactly. Mommy doesn't get drunk. Mommy just has fun. <laughs> exactly. So, you know. <laughs> or what What was it in Sideways? If anyone gets in Marlowe, I'm out of here. You know. Right. <laughs> so, yep. so, it's, you know, it's just, you just take it with a, a grain of salt and just find what you like. And that's why wine tastings are great. So that mm-hmm. way you could try sample different types and then, you know, then you figure out, oh, I like this. I like that, you know, and you, you could become your own wine snob in your own way. So it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Or as Judy <laughs> yeah, says, I, find I, your inner wine snob. That's right. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. That's, I need to achieve that. Uh, I have not, I'm not even that close to that level of snobbery. Oh, I'll take you to wineries, Mike. We, Judy, <laughs> Judy and I will take, we'll take you and Michelle to wineries. All right. Well, stepping away from uh, the wine cart, uh, let's go to straight alcohol. Now, this category, like, you know, uh, gin, vodka, whiskey, you know, just straight unmixed alcohol. You can use it to mix if you like. Um, But, um, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Um, You know, it's it's Hager, right? It's Hagermeister, right? Oh, no, it's not (laughs) Jägermeister. And it's not pronounced Hagermeister. (laughs) It's Jägermeister. But no. Um, For me, um, it's got to be, you know, a good whiskey. A really good whiskey is, you know, my dad, you know, used to drink seven and sevens all the time. You know, when he came home from work and he was tired, he wouldn't come home, mix himself, you know, you know, with Canadian club and, you know, and, you know, seven up. And so I, you know, took after that and I just started trying different, you know, 
wine, you know, different whiskeys from around the country. And, you know, I'm not even partial to Jack Daniels. It's pretty, you know, that was Judy's and my first road trip ever when we started dating was we went up to Lynchburg and we went to Jack Daniels and Mm -hmm. it was ton of fun and we picked up like three different types of whiskey from there and it's great now that you know you have all these smaller distilleries popping up all around the state and you know in georgia and tennessee and picking up and trying all these different ones i have a neighbor of mine um before covid we were meeting on wednesday nights and you know doing whiskey tastings and everything Mm -hmm. and it was just it was just awesome and so, you know, it, a good whiskey is always a way to do, you know, and, you know, if, you know, you're at a bar or something, you could get, you know, a Jack and Coke or you get, you know, something like that. And it's just a great, easy drink to get and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Jack. Yep. That's, uh, that <laughs> says it all right there. Well, uh, exactly. You know, I had never heard of Jack Daniels until Van Halen came around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, uh, now I just uh, lost my train of thought because, uh, like, who's the – what's the, the song um, where they mention all the Johnny, Jack, uh, uh, man, George Thorogood song, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's just like, you know, my buddies Johnny and Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. One whiskey, um, one bourbon, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like Stevie, Stevie Nicks has been dating yeah. uh, Jack Daniels for the last twenty five years. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Darren, what about you? What uh, what's uh, your favorite uh, straight alcohol? If you if you want to go there. <laughs> well, if I'm if I'm going out to one of my favorite hangouts, um, most likely to take the edge off of that evening. Um, because it is a meat market when I go out and where I go out. Um, I am probably going to have a, a good shot of fireball Ooh, just to God uh, yes. the loins <laughs> and to freshen the breath. It does two jobs in one hit. So, have you been drinking, you know, sir? <laughs> it doesn't so much freshen the breath, it just kills all the germs. <laughs> kills all the germs and disinfects. And oh, he's like, oh, he must be chewing big red. <laughs> was that, open, his, was that his name? Good. Yeah, big red. <laughs> that's what we called him later. Um, yeah, that that's my go-to. I'm not a big fan of like um, the like the hard alcohols um, as shots, but like rum, it would be my choice out of the like the main groups of alcohol. Mm-hmm. A nice spiced rum. Um, Anything else is going to get me either, yeah, it's going to get me in a lot of trouble, <laughs> which I'll talk about in the next. Session. But rum is so much fun, though. Rum is yes. great, yep. and it does go good with fireball shots. So you know that works. I I think uh, I think rum is going to come up a little bit, and then usually my shirt comes later. off, and there you go. <laughs> then the night is the night is the night at that point. <laughs> Um, well, um, I'm going to, um, sort of, uh, piggyback off of what Mike's was, uh, Mike went with Jack and I'm going to go with Johnny. Um, I I like a good scotch. Uh, I like a good whiskey as well, but scotch is my, my drink. Um, and, um, yeah, usually I like to get something a little bit uh, better than Johnny Walker, at least as far as the blue, uh, the red or the, the, the black, um, uh, you know, a good, uh, Glenfiddich or, 
Um, you know, I, when we were in Dublin, I was like, please let's go to the teeling plant. No, we want to go to, <laughs> we want to go to, uh, you know, we want to go to Guinness and I'm like, damn, uh, we didn't get, we, so if we go back to Dublin, I'm definitely going to, uh, the whiskey plant. Um, but, um, one time a friend of mine, uh, was, uh, I may be feeling sorry for me. I don't know, but he got me a, a nice glass of Johnny Walker blue. And uh, I think he took out a loan because um, <laughs> that stuff is not not cheap. Um, Just a mortgage payment. And uh, <laughs> but it was the first time I'd ever had uh, you know twenty year old twenty plus year old uh, scotch, mm-hmm. and it was as smooth as glass. I mean, it was so good um, and uh, smoky, of course, uh, because that's what scotch is. Uh, uh, a friend of mine once said, "I don't know how you could drink that. It's like drinking smoke." <laughs> and uh and at the time i smoked so um it was well, it, it was go. like i didn't really even notice it um but um, like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i'm uh i'm always in uh and, I've, and people have recommended scotches for me unfortunately it's a it's, it's an expensive habit so um and it's, it's an expensive thing to try so i i don't get it uh, around to trying it as much as i could or i'd like to but um that's that's my go-to so um Melissa, what about you? Uh, what's uh, what's your straight up drink? Uh, I'm a whiskey drinker. Oh, cool. I, yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I actually like a good old like old fashioned, you know, Kentucky bourbon. Sure. Um, I I love Michter's, but just recently I had uh, a bottle of Japanese whiskey oh. that was huh. incredible. Um, I think it was it was called like I'm gonna so pronounce this wrong, but I think it was like Mika Kuna. And uh, it was very light in color. It actually reminded me a little bit of a scotch, um, but it, it had kind of a blend. I guess you could say if you took a bourbon and scotch and put it together, mm. um, light in color, it had like these vanilla kind of caramel notes to it. Super e- too easy <laughs> to drink. It went down really, really <laughs> smooth. Um, but yeah, that's like the best thing I've had so far. Um, and I'd always wanted to try a Japanese whiskey. So, um, I had gotten a bottle for my birthday and then, um, the mixers though, if, if you're going to have like a really good rye, I would definitely, um, recommend doing mixers. It's, it's a little bit stronger. Uh, it pairs really, really well with like steak and, you know, flamidion and stuff like that. But as you were saying, it's an expensive habit because these bottles, they can be like, you know, 50 to you know, an upwards. Yeah. For like a couple hundred. Stuff. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can easily. Go and get a cup. <laughs> like, Oh, I, I like to try this. Oh, it's $200. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I'll, uh... here's your filet mignon and your, uh, special <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you'll be eating ramen noodles and water the rest of the month. <laughs> rest of your life. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll hold the filet mignon and, and I can just <laughs> right. afford the whiskey. Um, but, um, yeah. And, and yeah, Melissa, I found that, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, wine snobs, I, I found that, you know, there's unfortunately a lot of like whiskey, bourbon, scotch snobs out there. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sometimes very difficult to have a conversation because, you know, I mean, granted, you know, it, it's the range, you know, you can have the people who like Jack's or Jim Beams, right? Uh, or, or you know, the people who just get it like uh, that, uh, all the stuff that uh, I, I don't know about because I can't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like there's a lot of middle kind of middle ground ones too. I've I've discovered because for me like some of the cheaper ones I just can't drink anymore. They just don't taste good. Um so I found like Elijah Elijah Craig, it's like a $25 bottle and mm-hmm. um Four Roses, that's another one. So if you stay in like that range, there are some good ones. You don't have to spend 50 bucks to have a have a good one. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but it would be. No. But <laughs> but I do. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, because you can get into the whole like, you know, especially with scotch, you can get into the whole discussion, you know, whether it's a single malt or et cetera, et cetera, where it's from, um, et cetera. So um, but it's fun. It's fun. It's a it's a it's a that's good. I mean, I don't find I don't see people having I mean, maybe they do. And I'm just not around those circles, but I don't see people having those same discussions about like vodka. Right. <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, vodka's vodka unless you're adding flavor to it. So good point. And, uh, and, I mean, you can't really tell if it's from New Jersey or if it's from Russia or from Russia. Right. So, and, and and nobody here said tequila. So I, you know, so. Uh, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> get because i just wanted to ask the question the worm or not the worm you know that's good but um uh but um yeah because you awesome. know some of us you know haven't been able to do the top shelf stuff since you know we got rid of our corporate account you know basically <laughs> you know it was nice when i was able to write off things for work <laughs> well um that's going to lead us right into our mixed drink category and, uh, you know, because you need uh, alcohol, straight alcohol to make mixed drinks, right? And um, um, now uh, I will start because um, as the tiki guy, um, I mm-hmm. should be like the mixed drink guy, right? Like I should be the mixologist, uh, but I'm not. Like I'm really more attracted to the aesthetic of tiki, the artistic side, the painting the drawings the illustrations the mugs i think that's pretty obvious behind me um but um <laughs> so I, I do like getting the drinks uh but i i don't have you know i'm one of the few tiki enthusiasts that i know that doesn't have their own tiki bar um i just um you know i don't i don't do that it's a, it, again an expensive hobby um and i'm diabetic so <laughs> mixed tiki drinks and diabetes do not mix well together that's not that's a mixed combination that's not uh on the recipe but um i have gone to uh many many tiki bars and uh one of my favorite drinks of choice is uh zombie the problem is, I knew is that it. i knew it no 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 <laughs> but the problem is is that um uh the zombie is like, nobody can figure out the same way to, every time you go to someplace, they make it different. And I've had like, mm-hmm. I mean, extremely different. Like, it's like, it's like night and day. It's like, it's not even the same drink. Um, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you order a Coke, you get a Coke, you know, and sometimes it's watered down, but you get a Coke. Um, uh, sometimes you get a Pepsi because they don't know the difference, but you get, <laughs> but. And then you send it back <laughs> like a good Southerner. But and you tell them if you only have Dr Pepper, then give me that. But with the zombie, it's very difficult. So um, it, there's no consistency there. So I can't really like you know I've had good ones, but there, there's not consistency. So but when I, so when I go to a tiki bar, and if I want you know if the best, and I have to say the best tiki drink that I I have, uh, and I get this all the time, is a mai tai. Uh, it's simple. Um, they seem to all agree on the same basic recipe. And uh, they came out of Trader Vic's. Uh, they originated at Trader Vic's. There's no better place to get them than Trader Vic's, unless you're going Dragon Con weekend, in which case they're watered down like nobody's business. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, if you get your Mai Tai and they they're, they're getting they're pouring it out of a keg or a, a cooler, like that's <laughs> that's not with the way you should get a Mai Tai. But um, yeah, go to Trader Vic's, get a Mai Tai. And and that's that's your tiki experience right there. So um, um, I, I I cannot recommend that enough. What was it? Robin uh, Williams used to say, um, basically, Mai Tai was Polynesian for. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it, it, it can be. Yeah, yes. uh, I have certainly seen, uh, and I have, I probably got into that level uh, drinking my ties before. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't take long, but uh, they're they're really good. And that's that's a very uh, you know we're talking about rum later. That's a dark that's a dark rum. I mean, you can make it with uh, white rum too. But... All rum could be very dark, my friend. All rum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Darren, what, uh, what is your, uh, mixed drink of choice? Epcot. <laughs> Epcot. Epcot. Let me explain. Oh, I do want to hear this. So, so I get up and I, I'm in Orlando, which is my happy place. And I go to Epcot and at 11 AM, which is when the Mexico pavilion opens, I make a beeline to La Cava de la Tequila. And I have myself a blood orange margarita. Mm-hmm with a nice salty rim. It's a wonderful way to start the day with chips and queso. Mm. It's beautiful. And then I walk from there over to Norway. And then we have either water or we have the Icelandic ale in Norway. And then we go to China and China has a drink called the tipsy ducks in love, (laughs) which is coffee, hot cocoa, bourbon, and it is beautiful. And it is enough. And it sounds wonderful. It has enough energy to get me through China over to Africa, where you can order a frozen elephant, which is Coca-Cola and Amarillo cream liqueur, which is amazing. And then you walk through Germany with your frozen elephant because you just got your tipsy ducks in love. And so you're still like working off all this stuff. And then you, you skip over Germany because it's all beer and who cares because we're talking about fruity drink, drinks. We skip over Italy because it's all sangria and who cares. You skip over USA because- because in the USA, all those drinks you can get in your grocery store for half the price than Disney's pushing them. So no thank you. And then you wind up in Japan. And in Japan, you have a sake flight mm. of completely filtered, unfiltered, and then moderately filtered, which is the best thing ever in Japan. Oh, a good sake is awesome. A good sake. And then you go to Morocco and you have <laughs> the Morocco teeny, which is like a sour lemon lime mm. margarita. It's not a martini. They call it that, but it's it's more of a, a martini. And then you walk to France, and you have the uh, Grand Marnier slush. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Which is basically Grand Marnier yeah. and vanilla vodka put together. Sounds and good. you order a double because you need one at that point because the kids are screaming around you. And, it's and this is all before noon, and, right, Tara? <laughs> no. no this, this, we're, we're about at 4 to 5 o'clock okay. right now. And then you go to the United Kingdom, and you skip United Kingdom because, again, all beer. Yay. <laughs> And then you go to Canada and you get a maple whiskey bourbon mixed drink. Oh. And that is my perfect mixed drink day. I could not choose between any of my children, so I had to choose the entire park. Dude, that is awesome. dude, that is that amazing. That will set you back like $150 <laughs> so do that. But it's Disney. But it will be the best day in amusement park ever. For and you. then you get to enjoy that all with fireworks at the end. Well, the best, the, okay. fi- the yeah. best fireworks yeah. show in the park. Well, mm-hmm. they've changed it, and we don't know what it looks like yet because of all the social distancing and COVID uh, crap. Right, so, right. You know. yeah, but, but I, I was just shocked. You knew what the fireworks looked like, Darren. So. <laughs> yeah, I, well, mm. um, that is amazing. All the countries you skip, you have water, and, of course, you're snacking around the world at all the booths, so you keep your food up, you keep your carbs up, so you're not puking on Goofy <laughs> and everything. Wonderful, right? So, yay. That's a perfect mixed drink day. Dude, that is right there. amazing. I'm, I'm I am, impressed. I, am, I, am, I, am I, I highly suggest everyone do it. I have time, friends that have gone around the world at Epcot, like on yep, and and, and done called. done the you know the beer thing all around the world, mm-hmm. and that's that's not easy. 
<laughs> no, because no. that and that gets expensive. And they are they are sizable drinks. Yes. They're not like here's your shot. Yep. It's right, and it is not watered and down. And it's not a like, small world after all, bits. so it's okay. No, it's not. The world has expanded. Yes. It's a whole new world. It's amazing. So, it, it is awesome. Uh, but, yeah, that is, but they do have a tiki bar down there now, Mike. Well, yes, tra- I know. They have Trader, 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 Trader Sam's, Sam's right? I've been in there, and it is amazing. Yeah, it's... They brought me a drink in a Nautilus, and then they had to light it on fire. I want so bad to go there. So, um, yeah, that that's be uh, definitely on, for you, Mikey. It's, it's on my bucket list. Um, so. Oh, it's, it's great. You can stay there about an hour on the inside right. because the show can get kind of repetitive based upon what everyone orders is what happens in the bar. Yeah, yeah. But then you can go out to the patio outside, right? which is nice and quiet and serene. It's <laughs> I'll, I'll have to tell you guys a story one time when I got my uh, – my little flashes taken from me from one of the Disney employees. Oh yeah, they'll do that too. Busted. The Mouse Stoppo wants you to pay for their drinks, not your own. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's the only way I could handle going to the tiki room. It's okay. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and I and that and and it's amazing because like yeah, Epcot's the only Disney park that they allow you to drink, right? Correct. Like no. the other no no? The other... no, there's booze in all the parks. Really? Oh wow, oh, I didn't wow. know that. Even Magic Kingdom has booze. Wow, interesting. Wow. It's in the restaurants, but it's available. Sure. Wow. Plus, I Magic Kingdom is right near through your hotel, so you're a monorail away from a bar. <laughs> so, oh, really? It's, it's you might as well be at the bar trying to lounge. So, yeah, they 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 have gotten a little slack on that, and of course, sometimes that leads to people not behaving properly. Of course, but for the most part, the mouse is watching you all the time, so anything that's improper is going to be curtailed quickly. Uh, they're good at that. They're good at escorting people through the go away green doors and you never see them again you know <laughs> so wow that was amazing that was that amazing was. Uh, that, that's that's a perfect day uh, right so there. i don't know how we're going to follow that up but i i think i have no idea yeah. I, I think melissa it's your turn right yeah, I, i'm sorry <laughs> melissa beat that one melissa come on i like i like, I like coke and rum and it's good yeah um yeah i think i'm kind of a cocktail snob because i don't i don't order them a lot just because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to make them properly Mm -hmm. in just the average bar. But I will say the best cocktails that I've ever had in my life are Las Vegas. And I had this one, there's a, at the hotel called the Wynn, there's a restaurant they have there called, uh, or a bar called Parasol Down. And they had this drink that was like muddled blackberries and bourbon and creme de cassis and you know, they have these mixologists and they're doing all the fancy, you know, tricks and flipping bottles and stuff like that. And this was the middle of the day. And actually we were the only, there were only two tables in the whole place. And it was me and, and my boyfriend and our friend. And then the other table was the comedian, Eddie Griffin. And oh wow. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's just us in there uh, during the day and we're all trying not to gawk and stare at him. Um, which we did on the way out, of course. But uh, that was the best. Yeah, that was a really good drink. It was, and then we had another one at uh, Yardbird, I think it's called, and it was like bourbon and peach juice and iced tea. I guess it's like a southern mm-hmm. cocktail. But uh, yeah, I, most of my cocktails, I'll I'll do it with bourbon. But I, you know, most of the time, I just drink it straight. Like, you know, I'm either going to do wine or I'm going to have a shot of bourbon. I I don't do cocktails mm-hmm. very very often. You see, um, I I don't do them locally because I'm I'm like you. I'm disappointed with how yeah. everything is mixed. Um, but I find places like Vegas and like mm-hmm. Disney mm-hmm. and other places like that. They're 
they are geared towards a higher level experience yeah. and the quality control is a little better. So you know kind of what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know you're yeah. getting yeah. a quality drink. Or- it's not going to be watered down rum buckets. I'm looking at you, Dragon Con. Right. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Yeah. I mean, there, right. there, are, exactly. there are plenty of tiki bars, and that's the same thing with me. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to a tiki bar, yeah. I'm not going to get a beer. Like, you're not going to that one you know on labor day weekend because you know it's gonna be awful. yeah that's the, that's the only time i can't go to trader vix really and that's a shame because i it was a it was it, was, it used to be better um but yeah. um i think it's under and, new and management now be better so with um, we'll see what that's people like, what they're like but yeah absolutely <laughs> um mike what about you oh that's a good question because you know Mixed drinks were my introduction to alcohol, basically, other than religious functions. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, come on. Passover from the age of five, which, drinking Manischewitz. Come on. It, it was which everyone has to drink at religious yeah, ceremonies. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, but um, mixed drinks, you know, my parents used to make pina coladas and they'd make me and my sister, you know, small pina coladas and everything that would help us fall asleep you know here kids you know we'll go do our things you'll go asleep at eight o'clock you know (laughs) so it was a way to get your kids to bed oh yeah very Uh much so but um well you know when william was little we used to give him you know to help him go to sleep we used to give him robitussin because that would knock him right out so we mix it with fruit juice and we call it a fruit juice cocktail (laughs) and he start young oh yeah and so it was it was awesome. It was awesome to do. But um, for me, you know, I love so many different mixed drinks. But um, my favorite, and it's going to be weird, but it's I love a good Bloody Mary. I love a really good Bloody Mary. There was a place in Washington, D.C. Um, called the Sign of the Whale. And on Sundays, they had a Bloody Mary brunch. And for, at the time, for $10, it was all you can drink Bloody Marys. And they would give you the, you know, the alcohol in the glass. And then you'd go up to this, like, table that had all the different types of tomato juice, all the different seasonings and everything. And you would make your own Bloody Mary. And it was amazing and everything. And thank God there was a subway stop station about a mile away because <laughs> there was no way in hell I would be able to drive. And yeah, no. no, and we probably were there for like three hours and, you know, you know, brunching and drinking and, you know, just talking and hanging. And, you know, sometimes we go to union station, go see a movie. What we saw, I could not ever remember, but <laughs> it, it was a blast. And it was, you know, that was the great thing about living in a city that had a good transportation system because, you know, we were able to take the subway everywhere when we where we wanted to go, and if you a good Bloody Mary is up there, but a good you know a good frozen concoction is also mm-hmm. especially if you're by the beach and there's nothing better mm-hmm. than that. You can't you know beat you know a good margar- frozen margarita or a good rum punch or a good you know even pina colada you know you get some really good stuff but it's a great for the tropics sitting at the beach under an umbrella and just drinking all afternoon is an amazing way to spend the day and everything Mm -hmm. and you know gawking at the people it's it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, yeah, well, I'm uh, margarita was was right up there as far as my my uh, drinks as well, uh, non tiki related. Um, and the other non tiki uh, drink that I had as far as best mixed drink um, was on a cruise ship. Um, I uh, was trying out all these martinis. Uh, one right after another, right after another. They had a special or something. And uh, um, until you saw and, your bill at the end of the cruise, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, I was like, "Whoa, where did this come from?" Um, but um, hello, pretty lady. Uh, you went to Bahama I, Mama. <laughs> I tried. Uh, uh, they, they were different kinds of martinis each time, and the one that was my favorite, and the one that I had uh, multiple times, was the Grand Martini, and that is uh, with made with. Uh, uh, Grand Marnier, is that right? Is that uh, yeah, Grand, Grand Marnier. Yeah. It's an orange, oh, it's beautiful, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's uh, mm-hmm. it's got cranberry juice, uh, vodka, amarello uh, in it as well, and it's just mm-hmm. that was amazing. Uh, that 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 would be my favorite non tiki mixed drink. Um, exactly, nice. and it's always great when you go to the different restaurants, getting all these di- the different kind of drinks that go with the type of food that you're eating mm-hmm. too. Right, right, mm-hmm. sure. So yeah. Any any other choices for mixed drinks out there, Derek? Anything else that now, um, um, as we're getting winding <laughs> Darren, down, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it yet. <laughs> uh, as we as we sort of, oh, no. as we sort of wind wow. down to our, uh, you know, as we're sort of running out of alcohol here at the station bar, um, mm-hmm. uh, I was wondering where on this list where we would put apple pie. And um, now, as far We've been as skirting around that, Mike. as, as far as far as Darren goes, I know that his recipe is just anything that you have alcoholic in the house. No, that is unfair. <laughs> what happened was in that last batch, which got everyone, for lack of a better word, um, that is the best word. I I was moving, and I had like a little bit of alcohol in like ten different bottles. I'm like, I'm not moving ten bottles. <laughs> I, I'm just not. So in the batch it went, and it was all in that same flavor profile, and it worked. <laughs> what so, did it work? It worked. It worked like a charm, baby. Oh, dude. I got a dude who had to be, like, <laughs> six foot four, and would you say he was, like, almost three? I'd say he was pretty close yeah, to three. I'd say he was, he was getting, yeah. He oh, was okay. God. He, he, so he, he was had, a sizable like, fellow. Let's put it that way. I yes. was just looking at him the whole time. Please don't throw up. Please don't throw and up. And a nice guy. <laughs> My he had one cup, and he was, like, swaying. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, now I've had three. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, maybe these are a little stronger than I thought they might be. <laughs> Happy- I'm fine, but he doesn't look okay. As you get further down to the bottom, though, it gets stronger. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, you weren't apparently. shaking it up at all. No. You, get, you get that happy bottom. Settling. I, I shook it up everywhere I went. <laughs> you do all the time. We know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, apple pie is a unique creature in itself because everyone makes it a little bit different. Sure. And, you know, and that's the great thing about it. And, you know, my apple pie is different than what Darren makes. And my apple pie is different than what Mike Faulkner makes or other folks. And it's a learning curve because each time you make it, oh, let's throw a little, let's throw a little bit of this in or let's experiment. Let's throw in some vanilla. Let's throw in or, this. Or, you know, the alcohols you were using are no longer available. Well, exactly. Anymore, so you've got to, like, substitute, <laughs> well, exactly. you know. So, but I think this year, I don't think I'm going to make a big batch. I'm going to make a batch for me at home for pre-gaming. I still, I still have last drink. year's batch. I, you know, wow. <laughs> I don't drink all that much when I, I'm home. You know. Yeah, but no one's 
if, if everyone is under the right mind, quote unquote, no one's going to be sharing pie. Oh, God, like no. They no. Do, you know, so there's yeah, no I... point in bringing like gallons and gallons of the what, stuff. Was it, what was you. it last last time we did Dragon Con in 2019? I brought like mm-hmm. what six gallons worth of it down or something yeah. like that. Oh. Uh, I mean, unless you're going to drink it amongst you and your like roommates, there's no point in bringing all that. It's always funny. Raven always is the one who takes it all home with her. (laughs) I I, I worry about that girl. You called her. Is she okay? (laughs) So, yeah, but it's, it's interesting because, and that's the fun thing because mixing your own drinks and making your own concoctions to things that you like, that's some of the funnest mixed drinks that you can make you know experiment you know mm-hmm. cranberry juice and blah 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 you know whatever you feel like making and because you know. it's thanksgiving exactly <laughs> well, exactly and that's the cool thing you know mixing oh i wonder how this this and this tastes and you know that's how you come up with you might find your favorite drink that way and that's the cool thing about it so yeah and 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 you know uh, like i said I, I even though i'm not you know, a mixologist by any means. I know several people who are in the tiki community and watching them come up with concoctions. Um, uh, there was one woman I know who came up with a different drink every week during the pandemic, um, mm. just because she was at home, she had the ingredients. So, and she needed to drink girl <laughs> at a girl. Uh, and, uh, she came out with a book too called all cooped up. Um, I, I recommend checking it out. It's a, it's a great recipe book. Um, it's, 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 it's a fun thing, you know, and, uh certainly yes uh you know uh it, it's got um uh when done to excess like anything else it's a it's yeah. it can't it, it's not necessarily a fun thing when that happens but um it is fun <laughs> uh to see like a lot of people are really passionate about a lot of this stuff and uh and it, I, it's really cool i bet you 90 percent yeah. of the people out there expected me to say white russians for my favorite mex drink <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had a white Russian, actually. I, I, I've had a few. Yes, we know. What, they're, were, they're, the, okay. what were their names, Darren? <laughs> a gentleman never tells. All right. So the bar is closed. We've run out of alcohol. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with our... Uh, That's of, a hate crime. Sort right of, uh, you know, our sort of uh, pick-me-up. Hey, more people donated to the Patreon. We'd have more it's, alcohol. It's, it's, the, it's, the, <laughs> it's the end of the night. We really want, don't want to go uh, to bed dehydrated. So we need something. We need something <laughs> non-alcoholic. Uh, Melissa, what is your favorite non-alcoholic? Is that a trick question? Or... <laughs> um, I, you know what? I really love coffee. And I used to work as a barista at one point and got really, really into it. And so I love uh, Pete's Big Bang, Medium Roast. Uh, it's it far, sorry, but it far surpasses Starbucks uh, by a lot. It's just good quality, uh, good quality coffee. And uh, I use French press. I, I like doing it by hand and handcrafting it. And it's just fancy like, meditative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would have to say coffee, um, Pete's Big Bang Roast. It's really good. And then uh, for water, I, I just discovered flow water and it's an alkaline water. And they have it just plain, and then you can do like a cucumber mint. I'm not a big mint fan for my water, but um, but yeah, it's very hydrating um, for those hangovers that (laughs) we've all been talking about. But uh, yeah, but uh, I would say coffee and water. That's I mean, you can't really go wrong with either of those. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Darren, Um, coffee and water, the same. Um, If if I'm at Dragon Con and I know I've hit my limit, then the recipe is. 
um, two large waters before bed, sure. along <laughs> yep. with um, two extra strength Tylenol, just to head off that headache at the pass. And that typically will work for me. Everybody's different. I'm not <laughs> prescribing anything. Y'all do you. But I, I've not had a hangover at Dragon Con, even though I have at times surpassed my limit or been very, very close to my limit. Um, and I think that's important if you're going to an event like that where you're automatically probably not drinking as much water as you should mm. and mm-hmm. getting distracted and not eating as much as you should. Like one time I, I was not eating properly and I stood up um, in my hotel room and then I promptly laid back down again because I knew my body was not going to the rave that evening because <laughs> I was drunk and that was the end of the story. So, um, nope, nope, I'm going to lie here. And then apparently 10 people came into my room and looked at me in my Wonder Warrior outfit because it was just me in the kilt. <laughs> because the top had been taken off of me at some point by a nice person, because I was hot, apparently. And <laughs> I was told the story later. I don't remember much of it. Um, yeah, water and coffee. And as for, for coffee, as long as it caffeinates me, I'm good. <laughs> water, as long as it doesn't taste like sulfur water, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not picky sulfur about that. Water. <laughs> yeah, like Florida, Florida tap water is just uh. not pleasant. Yeah, um, it's like bring those little things with the flavor drops and try to kill the flavor of it. But yeah, you try, it never works. Uh, but yeah, Mike, what about you? Well, I'm a coffee holic. My name is Mike. Hi there. I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> Hi, Mike. And I love a good, good cup of coffee. And you don't find it from the mermaid, as I like to say. A lot of times, it oh, that always tastes like it's burnt or over. Yeah. overdone that's why i like places like pete's or local roasters or you know there's a zillion different places you can get coffee you know if i'm going to a new town i want to find the local coffee shop to find out what they're brewing and you know that type yeah. of stuff and it's always great and so when i travel it's always amazing i think one of the best cups of coffee i ever had was somewhere in North Dakota, of all places. When I was driving out to Seattle, we stopped at this diner that was right past Bismarck, North Dakota. And it was this, we, my roommate and I, who were traveling cross-country, we sat there for about an hour just drinking coffee and, you know, just chatting and everything. And this coffee was just so smooth. It was just like the perfect, or as Agent Cooper would say, damn good cup of coffee so, <laughs> you know so it's pretty darn awesome you know so good coffee any day any week but um you know everyone always sees me at like the cons drinking sparkling water beverages you know like this all the different flavored waters um you can get them from kroger you can get them from walmart you can you know get all different kinds trader joe's has like a flavored seltzer water that they have. It's really good also. And it doesn't have anything in it other than the flavoring. And because that's the one thing these have is aspartame in it. And, you know, these are still zero calories, but it's, you know, you know, still has that in it. So, but it's really good. And, you know, I could drink one of these an hour and, you know, it just clears your system out. So it's pretty cool. It just flushes all the bad stuff out. <laughs> yeah, you made me yeah, a fan of those. About best coffee, I, I have to say a Kona coffee, and it, Kona is like really expensive beans. Oh, but yeah. like once a year, I, I will break down and I will buy a bag of, of Kona coffee. It's hard to find; it's usually on the very bottom mm-hmm. of the coffee shelves, and it's 
like double to triple the price of a regular bag of coffee. So brace yourself. It's expensive. But it is, yeah, it is the nicest coffee I've ever had. It is so smooth and it's beautiful. Have you ever had Jamaican gold? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I coffee. Yeah. No. Sorry. Try that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a different show. That's a different show, Mike. Uh, now the FBI's tagged you. Funny. <laughs> no, the coffee. Yes, I've had Jamaica Gold also, coffee. Yes. It's... Yeah, it's good. Also very expensive, but it's it's very good. <laughs> coming up next. Next coming up in two months, the best shit we ever smoked. Uh... <laughs> Look, everybody. Ham. <laughs> Show guaranteed to give you the munchies afterward. All uh, the barbecue. <laughs> oh, is that when we're interviewing Tommy Chong? Got it. <laughs> oh man, um, I am not a coffee guy. My, I think my, I think my parents are so fiendish about coffee that it must have turned me off of it because it's ne- it's never been an acquired taste for me. Um, but I love tea. Um, uh, as far as hot tea goes, Michelle's much more of an expert on hot tea than I am. Uh, but I do love a good glass of unsweet. Uh, uh, iced tea um and All right, you have got to leave the south even oh yeah i know don't believe me it's, 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 it's been it's been a difficult adjustment uh at least 25 years um but um uh but what makes it uh what has made it nice is because i think it was in the south really that i i discovered on arnold palmer's uh which is mm-hmm. uh so i like a i like a half um uh unsweet black tea uh, with some lemonade, um, and it's that's perfect to me. Uh, nothing it was more refreshing on a hot day for me than that. It's uh, uh, I, I love those. So I don't know why they were named after a guy who was a golfer, but um, I'll take it. So because I think it's what he drank. Yeah, I think he mixed it and everything. Because I think actually he even... couldn't have been the first one. No, <laughs> he's probably just the most famous. He's the no, most he's famous guy. The most famous. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't have a... anything against him. But... It's always funny because, you know, I never got used to sweet tea down here. And oh, no, I can't. I no. can't. I mean, as much as I like, uh, you know, my lemonade with tea, which can be really sweet, I can't stand, I can't st- stand sweetened tea. Or as people down here just call it tea. 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 Yeah. <laughs> you, you should have heard Judy's reaction when we went up to go visit my family up north and she ordered an iced tea and she took a sip of it and it was like, where is this? this yeah. You know? Yeah. You, she, don't have to say, you don't have to say unsweet tea up north. No, no, and, and then the ignominy of the the person bringing over the powdered sugar to put into the frozen <laughs> tea—it's like that is never going to work ever. <laughs> That's just a waste of time, right there. It's crazy. It's like, it's like you know, I've had sweet tea that tastes like maple syrup down here. It's been so thick. Yeah, that's that's too yeah. sweet. Wow. Yeah. It's I'm uh, there. There is a line. There is a line. Tea should not be dessert. Right. Uh, I, I am. I'm kind of surprised, but not really. Um, it seems like uh, as I get older, and maybe it's just because uh, the way things are now too. Um, sodas are not like a, as much of a thing as it seems like they used to be. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. uh, for me personally, um, man, I wish I could break my habit of uh, some of them, but. Um, uh, but I, I don't find as many, I'm not, I'm not actually surprised that people didn't and nobody chose a soda because it doesn't seem like sodas are as big of a thing now as they used to be. I mean, obviously they're still selling a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, Coke's, yeah, Coca-Cola is not going to go out of business anytime soon down no, the road, but no. I mean, I, I go with zeros because of just the sugar yeah, content yeah. of them is just crazy. Um, 
And they taste for pretty just good. For a regular soda. And they, they taste pretty good. Once you have the zeros and you get used to that, it's hard to go back to the regular sodas because they're too See, sweet. I'm, al- yeah. I'm, aller- I'm so. allergic to the artificial sweeteners, so I can't. Oh, wow. so, yeah, that's not no. good. And yeah. But, you know, like, you know, growing up, we used to do Yoohoo all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, oh. you know, I remember when I first time I went to Southern California, I couldn't find Yoohoo anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, even went into this Jewish deli in, in Fairfax. And it was just like, excuse me, do you have a, oh, Yoohoo? And, you know, thinking <laughs> a New York deli would have one. And the guy behind the counter went, Woohoo? What's a Woohoo? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's personal. That's what yeah, I'm exactly. You find that at Epcot now. <laughs> yeah, boy, howdy, can you? Yeah. When I was when I was younger, whenever I went into Boston, I used to get. I used to go to this pizzeria, and I used to get this black cherry soda, and it was so good. It was so the, such a perfect experience that I have in my youth. And I don't think the the, the company that makes that soda is around anymore, but um, uh, I still will like to have a good black cherry soda if I can find one. So. Oh yeah, um, Doc Brown's has a great black cherry soda mm. and everything. So Doc Brown's is pretty good. I like yep. their I like their stuff. For me, it's it's all the bubbles. I don't like to feel bloated. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I, you know, Same. Like, <laughs> like I'm just I'm just burping. Don't pay any attention to me over here. I'm just being a being a Neanderthal, expelling gas everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. That's why I've cut out most of the sodas. It's like coffee. Yes. Well, also, they're just none of the bottles. We just didn't grow up with with soda. Like our parents just got us juice and, you know, milk and chocolate milk, like you were saying. And, you know, uh, Capri Suns. Those were really big in our house. (laughs) Mm, Training you for those wine boxes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. The training, right? It all makes sense now. (laughs) It all comes full circle right here. (laughs) Yep, right here. Mom, I blame you. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for hanging around the bar. Thanks for, uh, you know, sharing drinks. Uh, A toast to all of you. Uh, It's been a a lot of fun. right? Um, Mike is paying. Uh, I, I I appreciate it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna close the bar, and uh, we're gonna be right back with and get Hello everyone, Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. And let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. Welcome back. It's now time for the Creative Outlet segment, and we are back with an old friend of ours, Goff from Beer Nuts Productions. Welcome, sir. Well, th- thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you having me back on the podcast. It's always always a lot of fun. It's great to have you, sir. And you've got a new project and a new film out. You want to tell everyone about it? Absolutely. Well, firstly, firstly, I haven't been called sir since the strip search, so I do... I appreciate that, fellas. I really we pro- that we promise much. we will not ask you to bend over. Don't worry. 
<laughs> well, at least put on a rubber glove first this time. You know what I mean? But, oh, um, we yeah, definitely no, will. As, as, as this went downhill very quickly. But to know, as, uh, as you were When it has to, it not when you've been on the show, sir? Come on. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true. Very true indeed. I like to, I like to bring everybody down to my level. So, but um, yes, as you uh, rightly said, we have a, a brand new film out called Book Club. And uh, essentially, it's uh, five ladies with a, a newcomer, which makes six. And uh, they're all sitting around on the couch, but they don't actually talk about the book that they're supposed to be reading. They, uh, they instead want to try and outdo each other on how terrible their life is and how horrible their husbands are and all of that sort of stuff. So it's just a, a giant game of one-upmanship. Un, one and it's, uh, for those people who enjoy sketch comedy, this is probably the film for you because we have a lot of cutaways to the husbands doing their stupid things. So if you're a fan of sketch comedy, you'll probably really enjoy this film. It was it was an interesting one because a lot of times it's from the male's point of view what you've done, and this is completely all female. Yes, yes, and- absolutely. Yeah, well, that that that, that was done on purpose because uh, I thought uh, there's a, actually there's a few reasons. There's some really talented ladies that I've worked with in the past who have only done little minor roles here and there, and I wanted to give them something a bit bigger that they could have a lot more fun with. But also, uh, when I was sort of writing. I, I was thinking about the uh, Monty Python sketch, The Four Yorkshiremen, where they sit around and try and outdo each other and how terrible their childhoods were. So I thought, how about a female version of that? Where, where, and where would women sit around and try and outdo each other on how terrible their life is? Well, a book club. So uh, that's, that's why I came up with the book club concept, was uh, trying to, uh, yeah, coming up with that sort of a thing. It was really cute. The one young lady who was like, aren't we going to talk about the book? Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> why, why would you want to do that when, you know, you could uh, get drunk on cheap wine and uh, bitch and moan for uh, a couple of hours? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, watching the film, I, I was thinking to myself, wow, all this, uh, all these things about men being stupid and everything. I'm like, this really feels like it's coming from personal experience. Well, I mean, if you relate to it, I suppose that that is a bit troubling. But um, yeah, no, because uh, actually, it's funny. I actually got a uh, an email from somebody who uh, who's a she said that she is a psychologist by profession, and she said there's one particular scene in there where one of the husbands uh, does something uh, really silly uh, in in the garage. He, he, he uh, dumps a bucket of water over his wife for a particular reason. And uh, she said, uh, that was my favorite sketch. She said, because I can actually believe that I would have a client come in who would be that dumb to do something like that. So (laughs) apparently, apparently there's a few people relating to it, which uh, might not be a good thing. I'm not too sure. (laughs) That could be a lot of trouble, actually, if somebody actually tries doing that. (laughs) <laughs> I know I wouldn't be in one piece if I did that to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, he was just trying to do the right thing. So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, can't really can't really have a go at him too much. No, no, not at all. But I'm sure a lot of people can relate to a few different things. And, you know, and now we know you prefer a dog compared to two lovely ladies. So it's okay. <laughs> Well, that that's another. So it was quite difficult because, uh, yes, you're quite right. A, a dog features in this particular film, and uh, it's not as easy as you may think to find a dog that can do what you want him to do. So 
I actually went to a bunch of dog obedience schools to see, because, I mean, if we lived in LA, I could just go to a special agent who deals in animals, you know, and find a stunt horse or something. But um, I don't live in LA, so I can't do that. So I went to a bunch of dog obedience schools to see if I could find a, because uh, I wanted a smaller breed of dog. And uh, sure enough, one of the instructors had a miniature Dachshund. And she said, uh, yeah, well, I reckon Frankie would be able to do this. So I said, okay, cool. So I met young little Frankie and uh, he's a cool little dog. He does obstacle courses and all those sorts of things as well. So he's a proper little trained dog. He's a clever for a dog that just weighs like 20 pounds. He's very clever. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a new experience working with a trained little dog. But yeah, he was cool. So he is in my particular segment is, uh, is little Frankie. I was also impressed with the uh, the women that were in that scene with you as well, because uh, we've talked about this before. I love the fact that your approach is to let the performers perform. Don't don't make the sketch all about, you know, fancy cuts or stylized shots or anything like that. That's simple. Just, you know, leave the camera on these people and let them be funny. And that scene goes on for a while and I'm like, man, that's a lot of dialogue that those women have to like learn and everything. I'm like, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, they, they, they're terrific. And Kira, I've worked with a few times before, and she's an absolute star. Uh, actually, she's uh, currently, as we speak, uh, she's doing uh, touring Australia, doing Mamma Mia, the musical. So, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, she's cool. a, yeah, she, she, yeah, she's a super talented young lady. And uh, But it was my first time working with Matilda. So, uh, who was also in that scene and she was fantastic she did a great job so hopefully i get to work with matilda again soon because yeah she she was terrific but you are quite right i do uh, i do enjoy letting just scenes play out and letting the audience focus on what they want to focus on i don't like uh you know telling the audience you got to look at this and you got to look at that by you know cutting into close-ups and stuff i just like to let things play out naturally i, I find that's uh, a better way to do it i i prefer it that way absolutely Sure. And it's, and it's less work for you. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> you made your cameo in this one and, you know, you did your one scene and then you got back into the directing chair and said, all right, now do it this way. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> that, that was great. It was really, really. And once again, it's another slice of life and that's really awesome. What we love about your films is you just show, you know, things that you experience a lot of times in real life, but you expand on it and kind of have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's an exaggerated uh, version of life. I really enjoy doing that and, uh, uh, and making uh, I do also have a tendency of making my characters uh, just horrible human beings, but uh, I like to do that because I think it's fun to make fun of horrible people. I think is a fun thing to do. So uh, I do tend to do that a little bit as well because I mean it's fair to say the uh, the five ladies in the book club aren't the nicest ladies that you'd want to run into in the street. So uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, uh, it's but a then lot of fun the, the guys don't sound like winners either. Come on, <laughs> that's, that's a fair call. That's I can't argue with that. But uh, well, one or two of them were a little bit unlucky, I think. But um, and then you know they're trying their best, those poor fellas. But. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, the the uh, the ladies aren't the uh, the nicest kind of ladies, but it's uh, it makes for for a funny film. So, well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was great, yeah. and it's like I've watched it twice already, and it it's it's really entertaining. And how can people find your movies, as always? Uh, absolutely. So, yeah, just uh, beernutsproductions.com. 
is the uh, the one-stop shop. So we've got 22 movies up there now. So we've done 22 films and you can browse through and see which ones you want to watch and, and uh, download the ones that you want to take a bit of a look at. But yeah, Book Club is up there so people can check out Book Club. And also we did uh, a little behind-the-scenes documentary as well, which is on our YouTube channel. It's also on the Beer Nuts Productions website as well. But uh, if you go to the Beer Nuts Productions YouTube channel, so just type Beer Nuts Productions into YouTube, it'll come up and you can take a look at uh, a little nine-minute behind-the-scenes documentary that we made while we were filming it, which is uh, a bit of fun as well. So, uh, yeah, you can check out all of our YouTube clips and all that sort of stuff as well. So there's heaps of stuff to keep, hopefully, everybody entertained. Awesome, my friend. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us and can't wait to see what you come up with next. Yes, yeah, well, hopefully, I I must say, Book Club's been going really, really well. Uh, So well, in fact, that we're already starting production on the next film and we're due to film that in August. So uh, I might hit you guys up in the summertime to... uh, to uh, let you have a bit of a sneak peek at uh, the next one. But yeah, always but, uh, great. Hopefully people, yeah, hopefully people do enjoy Book Club and uh, download a copy. I'd obviously be really grateful. That's awesome. And it's not going to be Book Club 2, right? The second, yeah. no. the se- the second chapter, you should call it. <laughs> well, the, the, the guy's coming in to get their revenge somehow, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they, they're capable of the guys in this, in this story. <laughs> That's, that's, that's a fair comment. I can't, I can't argue with that. It's a, yeah, it's a fair statement. Well, awesome, Goff. Thank you once again, and we will look forward to what you come up with next, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me on the show. Not a problem. Let's take a quick break, and we will then close up the podcast. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about season one of The Great North. So, I know I've talked about the show The Great North, but the season finale aired, and it was everything I hoped it would be. From silly Alanis Morissette jokes, to seeing Honeybee and Wolf finally get married, and having a Titanic-themed wedding, since how else would any two who met on a movie forum sharing their love of movies have a wedding? Wolf gets a maybe RSVP from his mother, and all the kids start freaking out about how their train wreck of a mother might show up and ruin the wedding, and they can't do that to Honeybee. So they decide to also plan a shadow wedding in case she does show up. Honeybee finds out and talks some sense into all of them and says that their mom can't ruin her day with Wolf because she loves him and they're going to get married. In the end, the mother doesn't show, and the kids are left relieved, but also kind of sad that she didn't come. But also really happy that Honeybee and Wolf are finally married. Real talk, Honeybee is the best character on this show. I love her. And that's saying a lot, since pretty much the main cast of this show is actually really great. I don't get annoyed with any of the characters on the Great North, which I do sometimes cringe at some of the characters on Bob's Burgers which I do love watching Bob's Burgers, don't get me wrong there. But The Great North is just, it's been such a great show this season, and I really, really hope we get more of it. Because it's just such a wonderful, funny, positive show that talks about family and the right thing to do, and I just love that so much. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. 
everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO Network. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's, before we get out of here, let's say thank you to our sponsor, Inked Marketing. Inked has another new Kickstarter project going, and it's called American Kaiju. Come check out some kaiju monster action and join Ike on his adventures in fighting kaiju. Ike is a five-year-old who must train to become the best monster hunter ever. Come find out how Ike will balance and learning and trying to read and fight off mystical American monsters like chupacabras and, or momos. Check it out at inked.pub slash American Kaiju. Definitely worth checking out. The art looks great on this project and it's a lot of fun. So please support our sponsor and thank you, Inked Marketing. All right, folks, it's time to get out of here now. Let's say thank you to our guests for being here tonight. Melissa, you made it through your first episode with us. Yay, thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself and you want to promote your stuff or anything else you want to shout out about. Uh, yeah, well, if you um, want to check me out online at melissasurcher.com, I'm an urban fantasy and paranormal romance author. And I do have a book coming out next week on the 25th. It's called After I Break. Um, and then I'm also on a, a podcast as well called Spoiler Country, and you can check us out at scpod.net. Definitely, and it's a fun show, folks. Trust me, I've experienced it. <laughs> it. It's a lot of fun and definitely worth checking out. And Melissa, you're a great sport to tell us about the you ever drank. So it was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bars closed. Go Bar- home. Go home for now. <laughs> We don't like bar flies around here. Come on. (laughs) And Darren, speaking of bar flies. (laughs) Nice. Very nice segue, sir. (laughs) Anything you want to promote or talk about? Uh, Just uh, LegionSubtwoPodcasters.com, where I talk about all the good DC Legion superheroes goodness whenever they decide to publish a new book. Since they've decided right now not to publish a good book or a book at all, it's kind of yeah, sad. Yeah, so. the Legion disappeared. What, they what ne- they did not get canceled, and yet they've not been in previews for four months. So, uh, yeah, you. This yeah, is you, what happens when you cut your uh, editorial staff to the bone mm-hmm. uh, from your corporate overlord. So the news today about uh, Warner Media being spin uh, spun off away from AT and T is probably the best news ever. Eventually, so maybe. Possibly. Yeah, we're hoping. We're hoping. Uh, we'll have to. We wait are see. hoping. <laughs> and, and and Darren, you can't leave the bar yet. You Why? Are, uh, no, because uh, I'm not paying for this. We're we're still. Uh, we're, we've got we've got more with you uh, this week. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm on duty tomorrow night too. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then after that, I will be pulling notes for all of you lovely people to read and watch for uh, June because I'm coming yeah. back to the Rainbow Room in June for a double header. And it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an interesting one. I think it's gonna be an interesting talk on this. Uh, there won't be a dry eye in the room. There yeah. won't be. Bring, it's bring tissues. Be, bring tissues for this one, kids. It's gonna be rough. Uh, aye. Oh, aye. Yeah. Aye, aye. I tell you. Aye, aye, I tell you. 
Your knee, my leg, oi. Oi, my back. Ah, what are ah. you doing? So, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one, my friend. We did, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you got to shout out about, sir? Yes, I got to go down the street here, uh, well, down the, the street, down the hall <laughs> on, on the station here uh, and hang out with, uh, and go to Chicken Town, actually, uh, which is a lot further down the road than I have you ever been before, um, and hang out with uh, Kevin. Uh, unfortunately, Cornflake was uh, not around. I guess she got mad at us for the last episode she was on. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, she wasn't uh, happy what we were saying about the commitments. Come on. Just a minute. Yeah, I got you. Got you. We, had a, we made her watch that classic. Um, anyway, uh, Kevin was nice enough to ask me on to uh, talk about growing up around the Boston music scene, um, around the late 70s, 80s, that kind of thing. Uh, all the great bands that came out of Boston around that time. And the whole music experience, what with uh, WBCN Radio and B66 uh, Music Channel. So it was a lot of fun. Brought back a lot of memories. And uh, it was a great, great way to spend uh, a time in Chicken Town. I did not expect. And uh, Chicken Town smells a lot better than I thought it would. It, it doesn't smell like chicken crap? <laughs> no, no. They, they, they got air fresheners all over the place. It's oh, great. Cool. Yeah. Probably smells more like iced coffee than anything else. Sure. <laughs> That's true. It's true. That, that kills any other smell. That's very true. <laughs> Understandable there. Well, very cool, my friend. All right. My shout out real quick. Um, I've been sitting around watching some, a little more TV, and I actually got around finally to watching the Discovery. Actually, it wasn't Discovery. It was the National Geographic's uh, new version of the right stuff and they did it as a weekly series and it was i think eight parts and basically spread out and closer to the book that um tom wolf originally did and it was really well done really really well done you know i i remember watching the right stuff in, originally in school and it was a great i'm a history buff and i love everything to find out about the space race and the you know how you know the astronauts were all test pilots and you know they basically you know had to go through the rigors and everything and loved the original movie so this fascinated me so over the weekend i power watched all eight episodes and it was awesome it was really very well done and especially now in today's day and age where, you know, we're getting ready to be in another space race, folks. You know, there's, you know, not just between governments, but also commercial. And, you know, we're going to be seeing things in the next couple of years that we can barely, you know, can't even imagine. We're going to be having people on the moon within the next 10 years. You have people on Mars. You're, it's just going to be amazing. And, you know, as some of our listeners say, if you believe that kind of stuff, you know, it's, you know, so, but it's just a lot of fun and it's really awesome to see and kudos to Disney plus and uh, basically National Geographic for putting this together. And it's a real easy watch and it's entertaining and it's just the characterizations and you'll hear, see, hear names that you're familiar with, like John Glenn, Alan Shepard, Gus Grissom, you know, all these different astronauts that you've heard the names about, but you get to now find the stories behind it. So it's pretty cool. So definitely check it out. All right. We will be back again next week and we're going to be doing a comic spotlight. We haven't done one of those in quite a bit and we are going to be looking at Walt Simonson. 
So it should be a lot of fun to talk all about because, you know, he started off as an artist, but then he became a writer and a creator. And his work, he changed Thor. Everything you saw in the movies pretty much was all from Walt Simonson's, you know, work and his runs on Thor. And it was just amazing to see. So it's going to be a great conversation. Got some great fun, fun researching this this week. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Some great reading. <laughs> nice reading. Oh, amazing reading. And so it should be a lot of fun to do. So it should be, you know, it's very interesting to be able to talk all about, you know, what we have going on with it. And, you know, a lot of com we, people used to say, you talk more about comics in the old days. So we're trying to get, you know, we're trying to blend in, you know, just not movie reviews and TV reviews. We're talking about drinking. We're talking about science. We got LGBT <laughs> stuff coming up. We got, you know, science and, you know, it's like everything. We're just trying to tie it all in. We're trying to entertain you folks. That's what we do here. And as we always like to say, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can find the Earth Station One podcast wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yeah, we're not too proud to beg. You know, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Grab them and say, you're a geek. Listen to these guys. They're great. So on behalf of myself, though, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Mr. Darren Noel, and <laughs> Melissa, I'm going to mispronounce the names, folks. So get some drink. So it's Circia. Uh, you've, you've been Cercia. drinking. It's okay. Circia. <laughs> Circia. Okay. Like you're okay. searching, you're searching That's for your keys, which you shouldn't do when you've been at the bar for an hour. Hey, and a half. I'm driving the state. I'm driving the stadium. Drink responsibly, out. kids. Exactly. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Stay safe, hug your loved ones. Please get vaccinated, folks, and we will see you all soon. Peace, and we are done. Yay, we survived. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.